from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. week we take you behind what we teach here at West Side. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earwicker, and we are here in the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. And uh, and that's Steve Mickle, our lead pastor once again. It's welcome, been a while. Welcome back, Steve. Yeah. Feels like we it's been a long time. Yeah, we did the uh, Behind the Message podcast on stage, and then... That's right. They gave us uh, basically all through the holidays um, in the can that we were able to use for a few weeks, and, uh, and now we're back in the studio. So. That's great. I heard a rumor that it was because nobody really liked the podcast. We were just going to stop for a while and, and retool and rethink this whole I idea. like it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, right, if we like it, it doesn't really matter. Oh, no, that's not the way the world works. Is it? <laughs> I, I heard I'm quite okay a, with that philosophy. Quite a few uh, listeners complimenting our singing last last week. Steve, we had Corey come in and we sang Auld Lang Syne. Uh, Auld Lang Syne. There you go. For the, uh, the new year. And it was beautiful. And I touching. bet it was. Yeah, you really missed it. Oh, I'm going to, man, I'm going to go back and listen to that podcast <laughs> tonight. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So Steve, you are in a new message. and oh, Sorry, a new series. Of course, it's a new message on the way of Jesus. You brought it this morning. Yeah. And the question that I had coming into it was, were you going to throw out the entire Old Testament? Yeah, we had some really great conversations with the speaking team. Um, of course not. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes you swing to the extreme when when what I saw in the church in America is that we held it in the same um, place as the New Testament. And so I resisted the urge to go way to the extreme and toss it out, you know. Um, I did quote from Andy Stanley a message that he did, and he opened his message by saying uh, the Old Testament shouldn't even be in Christians' Bibles. And uh, I'm like, that's craziness. I mean, what, what is, that's ridiculous, you know. And uh, But he was trying to make a point. He was trying to get people's attention um, that maybe we have put a little bit too much priority in comparison to the new. And so back up a little bit, because you talked out of Hebrews today about the Old Covenant, or Testament, and the New Covenant that Jesus institutes. And uh, you mentioned on the cross his words, which are, it is finished, in reference to the old way. Yeah, he really set it up that the Law and the Prophets, which is what he called the Old Testament, is was finished by his by his coming and by his death. And I mean, the whole, whole Old Testament is built around the idea of a sacrificial system. You, you know, you sin, lamb had to be um, sacrificed, and... And Hebrews very clearly says that the Jesus is the once for all sacrifice. No other sacrifice is needed. Matter of fact, you can't even do it anymore. And so it's it's not it's still the Old Testament is still important to help direct people to why we need Jesus. Why did he have to come? Why did he have to die? I mean, that's still a big question. I didn't even, you know, approach that of why does Je- why did Jesus have to die? I mean, can he save the world another way? And the Old Testament really unpacks that idea. And so um we still need it um to understand the full gospel. Um, but it's not a. It's not like a manual. Mm. I don't think it's a manual. Say you know, do what Leviticus says. <laughs> you know, no, do what Jesus said, right. and use the Old Testament as um, as helping us understand why Jesus. Mm. So a lot of what the message was based around, you, it can really be summed up in one of the Andy Stanley quotes that you shared, which was that Jesus isn't an, wasn't an improvement on something old. It's not Judaism 2.0. It wasn't an extension of, but a departure from. So when you're getting ready for a message like this, which can really 
shake some people up within the realm of the church, especially the ones that have been in the church for a long, long time. What are you thinking about? What are a couple thoughts that are really present in the front of your mind as you're standing on the platform this morning? I wonder how many people are going to leave over this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm not thinking too much of that. But I, I, I actually, and, I, and this, this will sound over-spiritualized. I don't mean it to be. But I, at the end of the day, I want Jesus to be lifted up. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was sitting in the front row at 8.15 this morning service, really nervous about this message. Um, and, and, I, and I really didn't have any reason to be. It's really what people have always believed. I'm just emphasizing it. You know more, but I was I was nervous, and I just felt I, I actually felt the Lord say, "Steve, it's all about me." Yeah, you don't have to worry; it's all about me. And so that for me, Ben, when I approach messages like this, um, Jesus, ha- I don't want to like create controversy. I'm not mm-hmm. out for that. I just want Jesus um, to be seen. And what I see in our culture is there's a lot of stuff in the way mm-hmm. of people seeing Jesus. And to be honest, they get a lot of that from the old. Yeah. And you, you, talked, you, you talked a, bit, sorry, a yeah. little bit about mixing and matching right, all of this right. kind of stuff, which is, is a difficult thing. You brought up your son and how his, he and his friends, the issues that they would have with quote-unquote Christianity, they were always referencing the Old Testament. Nobody had a problem with Jesus. Nobody had a problem with this guy that sat down and ate with sinners and told everybody to love people yeah. as, as you would yourself. Nobody had a problem with this guy. And, and so I think the, the thing is that sticks in the craw for some people that might have an issue with, for this is the idea that you're saying it out loud. I think a lot of us, like you right. said, we haven't been obeying Levitical law in the Christian church, at least yeah. not me. Yeah. And, uh, and, but when you say it out loud, it, yeah. it feels like it changes the narrative of it, right? Yeah, and, and the reality is, as Paul says in Galatians, and I didn't even read this passage today, but he says, hey, you're going you're gonna to try to get to God with the law. You've got to keep the whole thing. Right. Because one misstep, it, you can't be in God's presence. I mean, and so you've got to keep the whole thing. And then he says, and then he says, "Hey, if you're gonna get, you know, if you're gonna get circumcised, you might as well cut the whole thing off because there's no benefit in it." Wow! Yikes! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. People are right now looking at their Bibles. Where does it say? Check that? out the rest of our know. podcasts on Behind the Message. Hey, it's mostly about anatomy now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the Old Testament was. A lot of anatomy. In Actually, that book. it's true. <laughs> you you read the Old Testament. A lot of anatomy <laughs> in there. <laughs> Um, Steve, something you brought up was when we mix the old concept of God that we are find in the Old Testament and this new concept of God that Jesus has revealed, you get things like blaming God for hurricanes, saying, well, that's the punishment of God on wicked cities. Uh, give us some more examples of ways that people kind of mix this Old Testament view of God and the New Testament. Yeah, prosperity gospel, Evan. Uh, I see that a lot, that if you... If you um, Please God, if you do, you know, if you give to to the ministry, then God's going to bless you. The problem with the idea that if you do what, if you if you live right and then you're blessed is, that, and that is a real Old Testament concept. Is you read the entire uh, first five books of the of the New Testament, and barely one of the disciples lived right longer than age forty. Mm. So you cannot use the gospel as an as a reasoning for getting what what's coming to you, because if you're going to get what's coming to you, and this is why I said the way of Jesus is so hard. He literally said and literally meant that if you follow me, you lose your life. Hmm. And we think of that as a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. Not for <laughs> no, the that guys. is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the, the disciples are thinking the same thing. What an what a interesting metaphor. <laughs> right. And then what, five years later, seven yeah. years later, two years later, yeah. they're facing yeah. down 
You know, yeah, well, that teaching would have been tough. A lot of what Jesus said was in metaphorical kind of terms right. where they would say, oh, we're going to go do this. And Jesus was like, no. I wonder if Peter leaned into John and was like, I hope this one's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> this one time of all of them, this is the one I want. Sorry, guys. No, this isn't very literal. Yeah, so that's yeah. one example, I think. And then also, you know, when bad things happen uh, in our world and we blame God, um, we use Old Testament as kind of backing for that um, because bad things happen and it seemed to happen from the hand of God. And so, um, and and but the reality is, is that, you know, a, a evil God doesn't send himself to die for humanity that he hates. Mm-hmm. And so it just doesn't, doesn't ma- match up. So it's a mix, it's a mix and match. And uh, yeah, and so I think there's, we just always have to be conscious of that reality. I think, I think of when we put so much emphasis on Israel, and I'm I'm pro Israel, so I don't want people to think, oh, Steve's just anti Israel. I'm not. I I just I'm I'm pro humanity, mm-hmm. and I think that Jesus died for the whole world, and certainly Israel has a special place in the narrative of Scripture because of the Old Testament. Um, but um, I've you know I have Palestinian friends who feel left out of the narrative of God's yeah. redemption because of our, you know, our, our, such our strong emphasis on Israel. And I don't know if that's going to offend some people and why I probably didn't say it this morning. <laughs> some of kind of the, the prosperity gospel though, well, if you just had more faith, then you would have X. Is that, um, is that maybe kind of an American thing that we continue to push? Uh, because we've been a really prosperous nation. We've got the songs. We've got God Bless America. And you spend a lot of time overseas. Uh, sometimes I wonder, and it's obviously it's not that Christians all over this you know, this country are just so awful. That's absolutely not my feeling at all. But sometimes I wonder if this is kind of an American thing that we come up with that we like to say, well, if you would have yeah. just believed in God harder, then you wouldn't have had this. Yeah, it, I would love to t- say that it's just an American thing, but it's shocking to me what we've exported, Ben. Because mm-hmm. I'll go to Uganda, and we just had Brent Air our missionary there speak this last Wednesday, and and you'll hear preachers doing prosperity gospel, and you're looking around. And, I mean, they're poor. I mean, there's nothing, right. and God has not come through for them under this this paradigm of, you know, old covenant ideas, you know? And so that, yeah, we've exported some stuff. I do think it, in some ways, it probably originated here in America for sure. And yeah, and so then I also think there's just this sense of like, um, that I've got to, I've got to do stuff a certain way to please God, and He just wants to get, He just wants to get that out of our system. Hmm. What is it with American Christianity and our um, drift towards? You just mentioned kind of the blind support of Israeli goals, just because it's tied somehow to you know uh, the Israelites, the Jewish people. Yeah. Um, where's the place for that kind of support? Yeah, it's a great question, Evan. I think it comes from prophetic literature because we Mm -hmm. know that there is, there is going to be a time where there's a real renewal, um, where God, um, gets his people back. And when I say his people, I'm I'm talking about the people, you know, (laughs) here's another, just my language, right? That's old, old mixing with new, but there is a special place in prophetic literature. So I think that's the reason, but I think we need to remember as Christians, the narrative of Israel disobeying God over and over and over again, um, and God's judgment on the people. So what I desperately want to see is I want to see Israel turned back to God through the person of Jesus Christ, desperately want to see that. And until that happens, um, yeah, I I mean, that's I guess that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for that to take place. And I just think we have to be cautious 
Um, I, I think we still be pro-Israel because I, I think it's good for the world um, to 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 support um, this nation. Um, but at the same time, we got to be aware that this these are poli- this that's politics. Yeah, and this is another thing: old with new, Na- a nationalistic church. Right. That's old that's old thinking yeah. that America has to return to being a Christian sovereign monarchy or something that's got <laughs> theocracy that got God at the top. I mean, that that's not going to happen and is I don't think it was ever God's intent. Yeah. We are not Israel reincarnated. America is not now the chosen nation of God. The people are the I mean, Peter says it very clearly, we are the chosen nation. Right. The people who follow Jesus. Yeah. We need to get back to our Masonic roots as an American people. <laughs> no, but sometimes you This th- is going to be a really controversial have, no, podcast. Oh my gosh. But even with American Christianity, uh, you you flip the pages of history back and it's it's not like the Christianity that the founding fathers totally. of America had yeah. would be something that we would recognize today in our church and be like, yeah, this is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of deism and, and other things present yep. in what the founding fathers believed. Uh Yes, a Judeo-Christian, um, you know, moral yeah. starting place. But as far as doctrinally, we're not talking about you know, right. a bunch of Baptists came over or anything yeah. close to that. I mean, right. very yeah. Diverse. You have you have a handful of founding fathers who really had a personal, vibrant relationship with Jesus, and they talked about their relationship with Jesus. Most of them talked like like um, President Trump talks about you know, God bless America, the sense of this deity mm-hmm. that's overseen. Um, and I'm not. I'm not doubting that President Trump maybe doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. He just doesn't talk about that very yeah. often. And I think that the founding fathers that do talk about their relationship with Jesus, I mean, those are the ones I actually love to read and love to, you know, uh, find out what they thought. It's interesting to me. I think a lot of this discussion, I was thinking about this as you were speaking this morning, is that we do, in general, it's so funny that an idea like this could be so offensive to somebody, but in general, we like to ignore things that don't fit our narrative anyway. It's, you know, I've, I've seen people that have cheated in their relationships get so pumped up about a celebrity in Hollywood that was doing the same thing. And, well, you know, how could you do that? And we like to do that as a nation. We like to, we like to ignore that Columbus, like, came over and just absolutely there was a massive genocide of human beings, you know, that were. We like to ignore this stuff for the sake of kind of this history that we want to build in the churches the same way. We like to think that we fit in with this story of God in this kind of perfect way more than everybody else, that we are more than everybody else. Uh, when God, in, in essentially, it, this is not the story of Jesus. No. This is not the story of Christ. It's not how he has called us to live. In no, life. that's exactly right. And I can't wait for this this coming weekend where I get to talk a little bit more about what is the way that Jesus was describing uh, to his his followers. Um, it's so different, and it's, it's so much better than any other way. Um, the American way, it's better than the American way. It's better than the European way. It's better than the Buddhist way. It's better than any other way that you can come up with. Yeah, and true. I would say that it's very dis- different than the Christianity we see today as well. So I would say it's better than the Christian way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and hopefully we return to the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. Um, you know, before I'm a Christian, you know what I'm saying? Because mm. Christian has yeah. a lot of baggage with it now. Um, you have to be conservative. You have to be, um, yeah, you have to be a lot of different things. Yeah. How long have you been thinking about this, Steve? I've actually been thinking about a, a, my whole life, uh, Ben. I grew up in the church and um, I grew up in uh, under the if you, then I scenario. And um, I've always been like 
I just I just figured out God was displeased with me. You know, I just I, and then I was in college and I had a, just this amazing revelation that God loves me and it doesn't matter what I do, He's still going to love me. And that began me on this journey of discovering what this love is like and and where does it come from and yeah. how can I experience it. And then I started to see holes in the Christian tradition that didn't line up with the teaching of Jesus, um, but it lined up with other things in the Bible, just not the teaching of Jesus. And that, and that's, uh, and I guess I just probably haven't had the courage to talk about it or the language. I mean, I was sitting, it was back in February, I think of last year, or maybe it was later April. And I'm sitting down in, in Southern Cal and Andy Stanley's talking about this. Mm -hmm. And you guys, it was like, it was like the, the, the veil was torn again in, in me. I was like, this is what, I've been trying to piece together my entire life. Yeah. So why so long, do you guys think? And all three of us have been in the church for a long time. Uh, I've felt this way, especially once I hit college. It was this, I was trying to talk with people about Christianity in my dorm, and I kept getting stuck on stuff that I didn't care about, but that everybody else seemed to have an incredible knowledge about, things like Levitical law and you know Old Testament theology. I was like, I don't care about this. <laughs> why am I getting? Why? Why is every conversation getting stuck at this dead end? Why is it taking so long? Because honestly, Steve, I've never heard anybody talk it from the platform. Talk about it from the platform like you did today. Um, why is this taking the church so long to get to this point? I don't know. It's a great. I mean, Evan and I were talking just a little bit ago about how what I shared actually isn't that controversial. I mean, most of the people in the seats would go, "Yeah, I, I believe that Jesus right. fulfilled the law." Right. Good. Great. It's it's how we apply it. It's, and and I talked about how we make the we've made the Old Testament di- directive and prescriptive, and you got if you do these things, then these things will happen. You got to do this because it's in the Bible, right? Um, but yet Jesus came and he 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 cast a higher call. But I don't know why, but I know one of the reasons why we gravitate as humanity to the old is because it's a checkbox system, and we need and want this. Like, oh, okay, I like I said today, I didn't kill anybody today. I'm good. I didn't murder. I didn't lie. I didn't cheat. I didn't take somebody else's wife. I didn't cover after my neighbor's stuff. Okay, good. I'm good. You know. And then Jesus takes that and he and he and he goes and he just it's like on steroids. Mm-hmm. And you got it's a there's a bigger way to live, a better way to live. And I and I and I wonder if you know the Bible says that Jesus is a stumbling block. And you mentioned earlier, Ben. Nobody nobody has a problem with Jesus. They haven't had a chance. Right. To have a problem, I guarantee you. By the end of this year, no, people people in our church and in our community are going to have a problem with Jesus because he said some really, really hard things, and so many of his followers left him because of some of the stuff he said. And we're not even confronted with that because we get we we get we get caught up in the Old Testament. That's enough <laughs> to worry about. I don't understand that. That's so. Good. Let alone understand the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. I want to move that. I don't want people. To, I don't want Jesus to become a stumbling block. But the reality is, is he said he would be. Right. And uh, and why why isn't that in a in a culture that is very much individualistic and very much right. about themselves? We haven't given them a chance. <laughs> yeah. And if you're building a religion, let's face it, rules, regulations, checkboxes are the way to build a religion. Yeah. Uh, people need something to fit into and be able to measure their own behavior after. Uh, and when you look at the teachings and the life of Jesus, it's based out of relationship. That's mm-hmm. hard to build a, a, a worldwide religion on the back of relationship. What's easier? It's easier to have a law. Yeah. And so I think what we're talking about, what you're talking about, the way of Jesus, not an easy one that, um, you know, we just look at this and all of a sudden, well, 
everything falls in place. That's easy. No, it is a harder way. Yeah, yeah. But is it a better way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It will, and I think people will see how much of a better way it is. If we just imagine people treating each other the way Jesus describes, not only describes, but lived out, um, it, 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 it has the potential of dramatically impacting yeah. every aspect yeah. of society. Well, and, and you look at the Old Testament. I was thinking about this morning listening to you. In the Old Testament, it's really black and white. The Israelites come in. You kill everybody, yeah. take over. It's your land. It's your it's your possession. It's our God, and we're going to do this. Then we get to Jesus, and you know, right away here he's talking to a pagan Roman centurion and healing his uh, his servant and saying, "Such great faith in who? In this pagan yeah. Roman, yeah. or the Canaanite woman, or the Samaritan at the well?" Right? Over and over again, we see Jesus stepping outside of the box of who should be acceptable to yeah. receive the favor of yeah, God. Constantly changing the rules, and it, it is so frustrating to a religious mind, especially in that mm-hmm. day, and now also in our day. So yeah. frustrating, right? Yeah, we so talked about that in some of the teaching team stuff. That an issue and maybe a stumbling block for people with that would be that it would feel a little less, yeah, like you couldn't just quite check the boxes. All of a sudden now you have to be filled with the Spirit, like the Scripture says, and you have to live a life where you're trying to listen to God and you're trying right. to operate in your space, yep. not according to these guidelines that Westside Church has laid out to you or Steve Mickle has laid out for you, but instead this relationship with God, which in sometimes becomes a little bit more vague, becomes a little bit more, a little bit harder to understand. It requires a relationship, and we all know that relationships require time or requires a greater understanding. It requires work in yeah. a lot of situations. And I'm excited if the church can grasp this because it will have a huge impact in every sphere. I mean, when Jesus, you know, we we see in the Old Testament this kind of war, warring God, and um, and he's still that God. So, so it, I think what I don't want people to walk away from this weekend thinking is that the God in the old is different than the God in the new. Mm-hmm. So, so if God is a warring God, he sa- it says that he's a jealous God. Um, Comes here comes Jesus, and what's the one of the first things he starts to do is cast out demons, and there is something, and you cannot read the narrative of Jesus without getting into that. I mean, he mentions the devil two hundred and thirty-seven times, wow. I think, and so we're going to talk about that too, you know. And uh, what does that, yeah, what does that look like in our day and age in in the United States of America? And because you cannot follow the way of Jesus passively, the kingdom of God comes by taking it. Yeah, it, it, and and forceful people take it, take a hold of it. So there, there's this conflict um, that exists in in the spiritual realm that Jesus goes after, not in the physical. Old, old, the old was physical, but the new is spiritual. And how do we go after that without um, abusing people and hurting people, which the church has done really well because mm-hmm. of mixing the old with the new? So what does Westside look like now? What is the next? Let's let's just talk about throughout the, the, this year. What does the next twelve months look like when it comes to what we hear taught at Westside Church? Is anything going to change? Is anything going to feel different to, to how you hear Westside? That's a really good things? question, Ben. I don't know if I've thought enough about that, other than to know that I mean we're going to stick pretty closely to the the New Testament narrative. Um, wherever Jesus mentions the old, we're going to bring that into the teachings. And so we're not going to miss miss out on the old covenant, but only where Jesus brings it up or Paul brings it up. And, and just consistently reminding ourselves that the, the Bible was birthed out of a Jewish context. And so there's no way to avoid um, that reality. But um, I think what I would love to see, Ben, is I, I said this at my son's memorial um, service, and, I, and I've said it a few times since, 
is that when I looked out at the people that were sitting in the chairs at my son's service at the funeral, um, I saw the church I wanted, not the church I had. Mm -hmm. And it was made up of so many different people from Mm -hmm. so many different walks of life with so many different belief systems, but they were sitting there because of a commonality they had in relationship to my son. And that's what I desire is to see a church that's gathering together because they're interested in, curious about, wanting to live the teachings of Jesus, mm. which I think for a lot of people, especially younger, that's very compelling. Yeah. You know, when the when the Gentiles were coming to, to Jesus in droves through Paul's ministry, they all gathered together in Jerusalem because it was a big deal. And they were like, what should we make them do? And Paul's like, don't make them do anything. I mean, just let them, let them love Jesus and figure it out. And they were like, well, we got, we're, you know, we're Jewish. And they're like, Paul's like, no, they're not Jewish. And, and so they came to the reality that very, very little. And they said, let's not make it hard for the Gentiles to believe in Jesus. Yeah. And so I think that is the deal. If Jesus had come in any other context, um, he, just removing barriers. He was constantly mm-hmm. removing uh, ethnic barriers, racial tensions. He was removing um, uh, gender biases. He was—I mean, he—he he was going after stuff that we just you just didn't see in the first century. And so, I think there's there's a lot of room there now for us um, to swim in uh, in the life that he has. And when you teach on these things, um, for it to come off as at any level progressive or anti-conservative is remarkable to think. This is someone who taught 2,000 years ago, (laughs) and now we see it, even today, potentially, as threatening the order around us. I mean, that speaks to the power of what Jesus was, what he did, and the words he spoke. For 2,000 years later, after so much has changed, everything has changed, for anyone to sit and hear the words of Jesus and be like, man, i got to take a second, because this is really (laughs) pushing... I mean, isn't that incredible? That's right. Yeah, it's crazy. And and we are just we are generally a people who like to divide, get people on one side and people mm-hmm. on the other side. Jesus just never did mm-hmm. that, you know. And the people were constantly, "Hey, what do you think about the government?" And he was like, "Well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what's God's." <laughs> was I mean, that where he disappeared after he said it? I think there's one of those moments where he says it, and then all of a sudden he's not around yeah. them anymore. You know? <laughs> ben, back to your question. There might be a, a message where I disappear. I'm like, <laughs> yes. where's the where's the back door? Let's I could I could get out of here quickly before I get stoned. I think our tech director wants a trap door on the stage, so maybe <laughs> then he'll get that this year. What I hope for the process of this for Westside, but also for just for you know the big C churches, yeah. as you called it, the worldwide church, is that we don't we aren't so in love with kind of the ancestry of this entire thing to have. Well, what about all my my Bible stories about Moses and we spent all this time and I've thought this and I've heard all of these messages. And I think sometimes we can fall in love with this being a part of kind of the tapestry of what it was when, in fact, I I believe that the world that you're talking about, the the world that was at your son's funeral, is going to be reached just really plainly, clearly, simply through the ways of Jesus. And so I I hope more than anything, any listener out there, um, anybody that's attending Westside Church would understand the heart of of this. This is not to make you feel embarrassed or bad or, or that you've been fooled by how you were brought up or the church that you were raised in. Instead, it's, look, we, we want to reach the people in the seats, but we want to reach the people that aren't in our building, I think, more than anything. Yeah, and I know we need to finish up, but there's one, and what you're saying is so true. And, you know, what we've done in mixing the old and the new is we've created a stack of cards you know, a pyramid of cards that if you pull one out, the whole thing comes crumbling down. And I said this morning that Jesus and the gospel of Jesus can stand on his two nail-scarred feet. We don't need and, – and, and I'm not saying that the, that the Old Testament is somehow fragile. <laughs> it's, 
I mean, it's done. It's been written. There's nothing to, more to say about it, right? right? But, but whenever we combine the gospel of Jesus to the old covenant, it's like a stack of cards. that can, All of it can come tumbling down. And Jesus, that's why Jesus said, I fulfilled it. I fulfilled it, and it is finished. Finished means there's a strong period at the end. Uh, that it's not even it's not even a, the second chapter of the book. It's a mm. new book that's mm. being written now, um, and 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 it's a reference. The Old Testament's a reference to the new, but it is it's it's so brand new. And my faith is not dependent on whether whether how the Old Testament stands up to science, how the Old Testament yeah. stands up to to other you know other issues. It's not. It's not. I'm not. And I'm not saying that the that the Old Testament somehow reliable either. I'm just saying that my faith in Jesus, I didn't come to Jesus because Moses convinced me that I needed to come to Jesus. I came to Jesus because this guy predicted his own death and resurrection and then pulled it off. And 2,000 years later, millions and billions of people have believed into him. I'm I'm here because of that, because he is life, not because the Old Testament convinced me that I needed him. I mean that's important, but I'm 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 following Jesus because of Jesus. Yeah, right. And over and over again in the New Testament, what does it say? It says the old covenant is not going to hold up. The law isn't going to do it. It's not going to get it done. The house of cards will not stand. Yeah. And yet we still say, well, we got to make it stand up. <laughs> well, I, I cut out Hebrews ten, the last couple of verses, yeah. where Hebrew the guy says, or the gal, some just think it's a woman. Yeah. That's another conversation. Um, no, let's open that up. Let's open that up. <laughs> is that it's obsolete and outdated. I mean, he says yeah. that the law is obsolete right. and outdated. It's like st- such a strong, yeah. strong – and isn't it interesting that I've never in the life of my growing up in church ever heard a series in Hebrews? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's interesting. It's difficult. It's, it's difficult a hard book. Yeah. There is that. But also I think we're afraid to go after. And had you stood up and the first words out of your mouth – Hold up a Bible. Say the Old Testament <laughs> is obsolete. No, yeah, that's and yet that's what the the book itself is saying about. Yeah, so if we hold a high right? view of Scripture, how do we just like kind of put? The, oh, don't don't talk about that. You yeah. know, that's well, there's prophets says. that are it saying that. Yeah, they're saying someday the Savior is going to come and release us yeah. from all of these things. Yeah. Writers in the Old Testament are going someday. You won't need this anymore. It's awesome. Yeah, interesting stuff, man. Well, it's gonna Ooh. be fun. You only who's, have one more week to preach who's, this. Who's too. answering yeah. the email? What's yeah, the this deal? is not really a series. I feel kind of bad because people are like, I think people are like really getting excited yeah. about it, and when they realize it's a two-parter, I think they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> and so it's more like a thread through the whole right. year yeah. that we're gonna keep coming back to. Um, you know, we're gonna do our blue series on the kingdom of God and the teachings of Jesus about about His way. And so we're just gonna this is gonna be a thread through the whole year. And this this two-parter is just not gonna be enough for people, but. <laughs> Well, I'm going to go is. chop some Bibles in half real quick. Stop, Ben. Ben, stop. <laughs> no, that is not what we're saying. Whoever's listening out there, that is not what we're saying. Yeah, they're still in the seat backs, all of it. <laughs> the Genesis whole thing. Through Revelation all for now. For now. <laughs> anyway, Steve, this is going to be a fun year. I can tell already. He's answering the emails to this podcast. Uh, we, don't, that. we don't even read the emails. <laughs> oh, no so, way. Stop. I don't know. No Did way. you just say that? You got to text us. <laughs> No, please text us. Please call us. Uh, we should get that number. We should read that number every time we do a podcast. No, we'll so put people it in there can next text week. in. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening on our very first podcast at Behind the Message for the new year. We'll be here all year long discussing these messages and discussing the way of Jesus. Um, thanks, Steve, for being with us today. You're welcome. And uh, we'll talk to you next week as we continue in part two of The Way of Jesus.